The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Tuesday, everybody. It is cold. It is rainy. It is nasty outside here in the Auburn Opelika area. So stay warm, stay dry, stay safe if you're out and about today on this Tuesday, December 20th, 2022. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you for the next two hours here on ESPN 106.7 for the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Carter, it is nasty outside man it is it's starting to get cold uh it's rainy uh, the end of this week is supposed to be really bad oh yeah oh yeah i i told you what the high in birmingham is on yeah. friday well and the problem is you, you and i are driving to birmingham after the show on friday yeah and that is in question i'll be really honest with you because two or thursday it's supposed to rain all day into the afternoon into the evening and then it's supposed to drop from like 40 degrees to like 17 degrees yeah, well the, the high on friday in birmingham is 23 yeah and 23 if you I don't yeah I don't know the last time the state of Alabama's had a high that low. Yeah, I don't know. And if you don't remember what happens to water when the temperature drops under 32 degrees, it freezes. And when it's on so, the roads, it makes them a little slick. I know you know this because you and I had a very long argument the other <laughs> weekend about the freezing point in college football and how close you, you have to be to a team in order to actually compete. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the analogy is there, yes. Once, yeah. once you get below 32, it freezes. I think what, it's like 32.4 degrees yeah, or something? something like that. But speaking of that, again, our plan is to drive to Birmingham after the show on Friday, but it's supposed to be really bad weather, supposed to rain, supposed to freeze, roads are supposed to be bad. Hopefully that's not the case. I don't know what or how that would not happen, but we'll see how it goes. Hopefully uh, hopefully it doesn't end up happening and uh, everything will be just fine. But again, hope you're all having a great Tuesday, staying warm, staying dry. We have a lot to talk about on the show today. It's a busy show here on this Tuesday afternoon. We're going to talk about all of the news with Auburn football landing some recruits today as they get ready for signing day tomorrow. Uh, that'll be busy around college football. We know what's at stake there. And at 2.30, our good buddy Christian Clemente is going to join us over the phone. Uh, he wasn't able to get in here. He's got a lot going on with recruiting today and tomorrow, so we completely understand. We're just happy to have him on for a few minutes. So we will talk to him on the phone lines at 2.30, get his thoughts on the guys that have already committed for Auburn, what tomorrow could look like for Auburn in or on National Signing Day. So looking forward to that. Uh, no Trey Wallace today. Uh, he's wrapped up with some things, so he will not be joining us in the second hour. But lots of recruiting to talk from us in hour number two and so with that being said phone lines are open we'd love to hear from you 334-321-1390 that number again 334-321-1390 and Carter let's jump right into it Auburn's picked up some recruits today whether in the transfer portal or in high school recruiting Auburn has done some work already and signing day is not till tomorrow look I the one I really like 
I'll be honest, is the edge from Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Elijah McAllister, uh, who came on his visit this weekend, I think he's blown away. Apparently, he physically looked awesome. I, I saw some of the beat writers when they when they saw him physically, like he looks every bit of the part. Uh, he was a captain this past this past yeah. year. At I was Vanderbilt. about to say, I think he was the captain on mm-hmm. their defense. He's a leader and a captain. I think it's this is a great culture pickup for Auburn. And honestly. I'll say this too. This could be the second great culture pickup for Auburn because Donovan Kaufman, whatever limitations he may have athletically and with his size, because he's not a tall guy, he's 5'10. Mm-hmm. Nobody on Auburn's defense this past year plays, played harder than Donovan Kaufman. And I firmly believe that. He gave you 120% effort every single play. That he was out there, he got a little banged up, missed some time. Some other young guys had to get in there. But I appreciate the way that he plays. And if you're getting a guy who is a captain on those same teams, was a leader on those same Vanderbilt teams, I'm going to assume Elijah McAllister is going to be something similar from a mindset perspective. Over his career, 65 total tackles, 6.5 for a loss, 2.5 sacks, doesn't blow you away across 34 games. But then again... He's at Vanderbilt where they're overmatched athletically and put him on a defense that ideally is going to be more talented. Maybe it frees up, frees him up to to make better plays. Maybe it frees him up to make a bigger impact. And we know one thing. We know Auburn needs bodies at the edge position. Mm-hmm. No because, doubt. Because you've got Colby Wooden leaving. You've got Derek Hall leaving. Uh, I know the, the, the scheme may change. But you still need bodies that can kind of play that out, three, four outside linebacker spot or that four, three in spot, that edge roll. Guys who can get after the quarterback, guys who can give you quality depth. If nothing else, I think this is a phenomenal culture pickup and a phenomenal depth pickup. Oh, if I'm nothing with, else. I, I'm with you. I think, again, the numbers on the field are not going to blow you away, but Elijah McAllister. He was a captain on an SEC defense. Now, I know it's Vanderbilt. I get that. I know it's Vanderbilt. But it's still an SEC defense who goes up against SEC competition on every single Saturday, which means you've got to be doing something right if you're a captain on an SEC squad. So that speaks a lot of volumes to me. He's 6'6", 260. I think he is very, very gifted athletically. I think he's going to be a leader on this team. He's going to be a leader day one when he steps in the door. And I think Auburn can make him really, really good because he's going to step right in and play because of what you just talked about, Carter, how Auburn is losing guys at the edge position. And this is not a high schooler who's having to transition to play the college game. This is not a guy that played edge out at California who's coming into the SEC for the first time. No, this is a guy who has played in the SEC, is a captain on his defense, and he's coming to your school to be one of your big-time edge players. This is a huge pickup out of the transfer portal for Hugh Freeze. You want to know something that he's done that is unique that not a lot of college football players have done? What's that? This year he started his own charity. Really? The uh, I think it's the Elijah McAllister Foundation. Okay. How about that? What's it? Do you know what it benefits? Or like what uh, money goes says, to or anything like that? I, I didn't building know Building community through education and experience. I think it's uh, for for helping, I guess, um, Maybe less kids. privileged kids? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
good for him. That's awesome. And you're right. And I, I guarantee he's an unbelievable culture guy. Yeah. And I guarantee NIL money plays a fact a factor in that. You know it? I guarantee oh, yeah. he has NIL money that goes towards that. So good for him. That's a really, a really big thing that not a lot of guys at his age would think to do or then actually go and do. How about uh in his tweets? So he committed four hours ago, and then he tweeted about his foundation a couple times. I'm assuming this is once he knew all the Auburn fans were going to go follow him on Twitter. His first tweet that wasn't about the foundation, though, you know what it was? He tagged Keldrick Falk and said, Streets tell me you you can ball. Call my phone. I emoji. Wow. He's all he's already he's been committed for four hours, and he's he's already already recruiting for Auburn. I love it. I love it. Well. That is something that should make Auburn fans excited. They should like this pickup out of the transfer portal. Elijah McAllister from Vanderbilt transferring to Auburn at the edge position. Again, he was a captain on their team. I think he's a big-time player, big-time guy, and I think he's going to be, like Carter said, a culture, uh, just a culture guy on this Auburn defense. So that is a huge pickup. Now, recruiting-wise, Auburn picked up a quarterback, a high school recruit, Hank Brown, the three-star quarterback. He played at Lipscomb, right? He was committed to play for Hugh, Hugh Freeze at Liberty, he is now coming and is committed to Auburn today. Uh, played at Lipscomb Academy up yep. in Nashville. That's the team that beat Thompson earlier in the year. They had a record, the biggest win in their high school career. High school history was against Thompson this year, and he was the starting quarterback, Hank Brown was. Auburn fans seem to be on the fence about this commitment a little bit. I mean, I, I, I get it. He's a three-star. Uh, he was committed to uh, Liberty before Auburn. And so he's somebody that this this Auburn staff should be familiar with. What I think is something that is worth mentioning. His high school coach was Trent Dilfer, who is now the head coach at UAB. Trent Dilfer gave him an offer pretty quickly mm-hmm. after taking the UAB job. Uh, he threw for 3,264 yards last year, 47 touchdowns, and three interceptions, completing 73.3% of his passes. Pretty solid numbers. Uh, I mean, look, he's he's technically the second Auburn quarterback commit in this class because mm-hmm. Keon Jenkin, Jenkins is a preferred walk-on right now, another three-star. Um, he's tall. He's skinny. He's going to have to put on a lot of weight at Auburn because he's 6'4", 195 pounds. Uh, that's that's pretty lean for, for this level. I think he's got a strong arm. I think he could be a developmental guy. But I think the fact that Ken Austin, Hugh Freeze, um, signed off on this guy, the fact that he was committed to them at Liberty, and now here he is at Auburn. And then you also have Trent Dilfer. He's got the stamp of approval from him, clearly. Right. That tells me a lot. I think I think he could be somebody who is sneaky. Um, he's not going to play his first two years. Right. And he's, I think... If he does, then that means that there's serious injuries in the Auburn quarterback. Right, and that's the thing. I think right now, Hank Brown is depth at the quarterback position, but I think a lot of the Auburn fans' reactions to him committing as only, quote, only a three-star, which is ridiculously good. So, And I've never understood people that – Dish on somebody that's a three star coming into college, like you are good because well, everybody everybody wants you to go get four and five stars. Exactly, but anyway, but I, also think about how many four star quarterbacks have come through Auburn that have yeah. been absolutely nothing burgers. Do you think Joey Gatewood? You think Kyle Frazier? You think Woody Barrett? You think I mean, 
Yeah. Zeke Pike. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Queen. Those guys were kind of fringe four stars, but but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to succeed just because you're a four star. Think about how many three stars Auburn, not just the quarterback position, but three stars that Auburn has made really good and three stars in college DB's, football that have DB's, made Auburn good. has has a track record right now of developing three-star DBs Mm -hmm. into studs. Oh, I agree. And to go back on this Hank Brown thing again, three-star quarterback that committed to Auburn today from Lipscomb Academy, I think the mixed reviews for Auburn fans on his commitment is because of the results and the outcomes that we saw from the two transfer quarterbacks from over the weekend Grayson McCall and Devin Leary obviously Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina he was supposed to come and visit Auburn he was not able to come to Auburn due to the university not carrying his major and his credits not being able to transfer which unfortunately for Auburn that's not the first time we've seen that happen not just in football we saw it in basketball a couple of years ago as well so he is not coming to Auburn which was obviously their first target. Then Devin Leary from NC State, he was on campus this weekend. He visited Hugh Freeze in Auburn. He committed to Kentucky today. So I think that is why Auburn fans may have some hesitancy and maybe not as excited about Hank Brown today. If you are telling, if you are running with a narrative that is Hank Brown committing is Auburn's fallback option from missing on McCall and Leary, that's just not true. That's just not true. You knew you needed to add a body anyway in mm-hmm. this quarterback room because, look, right now, without the the addition of Keon Jenkins or a transfer quarterback or even Hank Brown before today, you're going into 2023 under the assumption that there's just two guys in that room, and that's Robbie Ashford and that's Holden Gurner. And that is not enough. <laughs> it's not enough <laughs> at all. not enough. It's, I mean, look, Auburn had two quarterbacks hurt this year. Mm-hmm. Auburn had three quarterbacks hurt. One just kept playing through injury. Yeah. You saw Auburn get all the way down to the point that Keon Jenkins, or not, not, not Keon Jenkins, uh, he'll be on campus next year, that Holden Gurner was in the game. You saw Liberty play three quarterbacks. You saw Alabama lose a quarterback at, uh, in, in Bryce Young for a couple games. You saw Arkansas lose a quarterback. Tennessee. You saw Tennessee. You saw Kentucky. It's part of the game. you got to go find bodies for the room. And so if you believe that taking Hank Brown means that Auburn has punted on landing a transfer quarterback and Auburn is just up a creek, that's just wrong. That's just not true. And you need to take a deep breath. Also, I'll be honest, I think it's dumb to people that, that are just rolling on Twitter with, well, we don't need anybody. We got Robbie Ashford. I think that's a flawed mindset. I think that you – Robbie Ashford needs to develop. He needs to get better. He can do that, but he also has to get healthy. And, look, he hasn't been healthy since, what, the Missouri game in his own words? Uh, you need somebody who can push him in competition. You honestly, ideally, you need somebody who can beat him out for one year. You need a one-year guy who can come and start, get you to eight wins, maybe ceiling of nine, because, look, you're still playing with a a half-stocked deck at Auburn in 2023 because of the damage of Gus Malzahn and especially Brian Harson. The deck is stacked against you, but there is a way with your schedule, because it's one of the easier schedules we've seen in Auburn in yes. recent Auburn history. Yes. There is a way 
to get to eight wins, eight and four, nine and three, maybe. You can be a threat. You can jump up and get some people in the SEC West. But I think Robbie Ashford is somebody you need to be looking forward to 2024, 2025 being the quarterback. I think that makes the most sense. Let him develop. Let him improve that accuracy. He's a 49% passer, and I know he had a banged-up shoulder. That'll get better regardless. Regardless of 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 who's in the room, regardless of development, he's going to throw the ball better because he's going to have a better offensive line. He's going to have better weapons. Uh, he's going to have more experienced weapons because you still, right now, believe you still have Javarius Johnson coming back, who's your leading receiver. Candon Brown's a year, old, year older. Landon King's out there. Rivaldo Fairweather's out there. You're going to go pick up guys in the portal. So, so you're going to have more experience at the receiver position. So every th- the offensive line's going to be better. There are natural things that will push his percentage up, but 49% is a little worrying. The amount of times he put the ball on the ground is a little worrying. You need to get somebody who can elevate everybody for one year. Then, then you look at the fact that Robbie Ashford could be the guy after that. I'm with you. And again, I think Auburn fans are worried because they missed out on Grayson McCall and they missed out on Devin Leary. Grayson McCall was the, the dream. Right. He would have been the ultimate Hugh Freeze quarterback. Devin Leary is a highly thought-after quarterback uh, transfer. He is a, a highly, highly thought-of, highly sought-after. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, somebody, he's, a he's a high draft guy when healthy, but that's right. the issue. Is you, don't know, you don't know when he's going to be healthy because he had a catastrophic pec injury. We'll talk about it more when we come back. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. More of the Tuesday edition of On the Line when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Let's get to the phone lines. We've got Ed, and then we'll get to Terry, 334-321-1390. Hey, Ed. Uh, hey, guys. Uh, hey, first off, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, uh, Christmas Ed. Ed. Yeah, and, and uh, y'all be sure to bundle up and take care of your little puppies and stuff like that. <laughs> yes, sir, you too. Yeah. Uh, I was going to call on just a couple of things. Mm-hmm. As, far as, as far as what the – it seems like with all the recruiting, with all the money you've got, that you would know uh, the quarterback, you know, what his chosen um, um, major was going mm, to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember the basketball player. I, I think he wound up going to Arkansas. He Ar- did. He went to Arkansas. He was transferring from Arkansas, and he, he ended up at Arkansas State. It was Desi Sills, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and you, you know, with all, I mean, for goodness sake, we got Kinsey, and uh, we got uh, uh, the hundreds. Why not make, and you would think it would be common sense to make a major like sports management because a lot of kids might want to go into that. I agree. I, I had a best friend in, in Ohio that considered going to Auburn, but they didn't have a sports management major as an undergrad. They only offered as a like a postgrad, like if you go back to school, and so he ended up yeah, not coming Yeah, here. if you're getting a master's. They, they, there is a master's yeah. program for it, but but I, I agree with you, Ed. I mean, honestly, yeah. this is the second recruit in one of the two major sports that Auburn's going to lose because 
uh, that don't have a sports management program. Yeah, and I hope we see that change soon. I hope, you know, maybe uh, Mr. Roberts or somebody's listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I'm not going to say his name, but earlier I heard uh, on Doug's show, and Doug kind of, he, he did kind of, you know, defend Auburn a little bit. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the guy went on and on about how Auburn did Parsons so bad and all this and and listen harson ran off he ran off uh coordinators he ran off coaches he ran off player and he only played who who you know marched to his you know step that's right and yet he he and, and yet and, and he did no recruiting he yep. did mm-hmm. nothing to help auburn at all and yet he told his players and and profess to be a man that you do everything you can every day, one moment at a time. One one, you know, he was the biggest hypocrite I, agree. That I have ever known. Hey, yeah. he's the worst coach in Auburn history for a reason. He did not. Yeah. He did not know what it took. He did not put in the effort. Uh, he wasn't a fit culturally in Auburn. He really it was, to for lack of a better term, I mean. From it was a square peg in a round hole from day one, and it just didn't work. Well, he was an egotistical narcissist. That, yeah. Hey, I can make anything work if you just give it to me. Yeah, that's spot you on. Know, and he he couldn't, and and he, he he ran off everybody that could have helped him, and from the people that I've you know, I, you know, he acted like a class a a hole from the time he got to Auburn. You know, he, he said it before he came to Auburn. He said, listen, if you're a big donor, uh, you can come in my office. I'm going to listen to you. If you're just a guy off the street, he said, what well, do I care what you say? Yeah. He said that before yeah. he took the job. And I think but, I truly think he was trying to change something and bring his way here, but that's just not how it's done in this town, Ed. You know well, that. No, it's, it's, no. it's he, he brought a Boise mindset to Auburn, and it was – he didn't realize that the Boise mindset only worked in Boise because of what Chris Peterson built for him. Yeah. And uh, the other thing, uh, one other thing I was going to, again, say just a, a big Merry Christmas to y'all and everybody. And uh, that, I'm so proud of what Johnny Harris is doing. I, I, I think our Auburn basketball team on the men's side will be okay you know mm-hmm. I, maybe they'll jail you know we need a couple of players to wake up but I, I think we'll be all right but i'm really proud of what the women are doing and um and we'll y'all take care yeah appreciate, appreciate it, it we appreciate the call another big win for the women today they beat uh, north florida 77 49 the auburn women's basketball team did so hey let's get to the phone lines terry you're on the line man we got a minute or two what you got Hey, guys, I, it just tickles me that's when I hear Brian Harson's name mentioned because people – look, Auburn heard Brian Harson, Brian Harson heard Auburn. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, hard, hard to convince me somebody got $15 million to hurt. I, I just – I have a hard time with that. I'm, I'm in the I, same boat, Terry. Uh, the, yeah. Um, I mean, one thing to lose a quarterback, you know, the transfer portal, but it's nothing to lose him to Kentucky. That, that's got to stop. 
Uh, this, I know Kentucky's a solid program, and Stoops has done a wonderful job, and I think he can do even better somewhere else. But I, I am tired of losing uh, players to, to schools like Kentucky. That that just can't happen anymore. Terry, Terry, I would say that we probably don't know the full details of how that went down, and there may be more factors than it just being Auburn versus Kentucky as a school. Okay, can I pass on a question for Christian when y'all get when I'll get him on? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, if there, is there a quarterback playing in bowl season right now that might, that he thinks personally or he's, he's heard that might go into the portal Auburn may have a shot at? Because I don't think they're nowhere near done. Oh, I'm with oh, you. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm with I you. I agree. We'll, we'll, we'll we'll try to get that into him if we can, Terry. We we hate to, we hate we Thank had to guys. cut you off, but if you want Appreciate to call it, back, Terry. we'd love to hear from you. That's Terry and Ed joining us here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Like he said, we are going to have Christian Clemente of Auburn two four seven join us uh, coming up after the break. But uh, yeah, a couple of good points. I'm with you though. There may be more than just he chose Devin Leary talking from NC State choosing Kentucky today over Auburn. I think there's a little bit more than just he chose yeah, Lexington it's, over it's, Auburn. It's details that may not ever be like public but I I have a hard time believing all things even Devin Leary chose to go to Kentucky over Auburn I, and I know you, a you, basketball you can, school nonetheless you can <laughs> you can tell me you can tell me quarterback development pro development all that at Kentucky sure whatever but no I mean He's not, all things even, he's not choosing Kentucky overall. I'm with you. We'll have Christian Clemente of Auburn 247 join us when we come back talking all things Auburn football recruiting from the weekend and previewing signing day tomorrow. You are on the line with Jacob Goins. And Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Jacob, go with Carter Bird with you on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. We normally have him in studio, but we've got him on the phone today. It's Christian Clemente of Auburn 247. Christian, we know it's a busy time for you, my friend, the recruiting guru that you are. You've been busy from over the weekend. We've got signing day tomorrow, so we'll hop right into it. This past weekend, there were some big names on campus. We've seen some guys commit to Auburn over the past few days. What is your breakdown of who's committed so far for the Tigers? Yeah, I mean, it's been another you know successful past couple of days for Auburn. It's been the second weekend in a row where Auburn picks up a trio of commitments. Um, so you, you start Sunday morning uh, with Sylvester Smith committing, flipping from Tennessee. Uh, he had visited on Saturday, wanted to kind of keep it quiet. It ended up getting out there, but this is a kid who's had interest. Uh, he's from Munford uh, originally, and he's had interest in Auburn since like last December. Um, Auburn's previous staff was never really super interested. They kind of kept him warm, but you know they weren't super interested. So he ends up committing to Tennessee. Um, Auburn's new staff, along with Zach Estridge, who had been keeping tabs on him, decides to circle back um, in the 24/7 Sports rankings. He's the number 222 overall player. Kind of a rangy safety, more of a field safety. Um, so a little bit different than Terrence Love. So he flips from Tennessee to start the morning. Um, let's see, Rivaldo Fairweather, the Florida international transfer. I think he's the number three tight end transfer in our uh, transfer portal player rankings. He ends up committing on his official visit. Um, pretty big addition there in the tight end room. He's, he's really only been playing football since about his junior year of high school. He was a basketball player. He measured in this weekend with a 6'9 wingspan. Um, so that kind of speaks to his length and kind of more about him as kind of a basketball player that's now playing football and 
playing really, really well. Auburn thinks he can fit the mold of that kind of Evan Ingram a little bit, but he's a lot bigger than Evan Ingram just in terms of um, mm-hmm. size and kind of his weight a little bit. So you get him, and then you flip uh, Steven Johnson, the big defensive tackle from Arkansas as well, who had officially visited on Friday and Saturday. He flips on Sunday morning. You know, the visits, um, talking to all the kids afterwards and the transfer portal recruits, all the visits seemingly went pretty well. Um, and then today we've obviously seen uh, Elijah McAllister, who was another official visitor this weekend, the Vandy pass rusher. He commits to Auburn, so Auburn gets him. And then just a little bit later as well, Auburn gets Hank Brown, the quarterback uh, out of Lipscomb Academy, who was committed to play for Hugh Freeze at Liberty. Decommits. Um, and his two kind of main college options were UAB with his former head coach, Trent Dilfer, or follow Hugh Freeze to Auburn. And he ends up following him to Auburn. This is a kid that's you know, a little under the radar, um, but he put together a stellar senior season and really what was one of his first opportunities to play extended time as a starter. Got a pretty good frame, 6'4". Um, he doesn't have a rocket arm necessarily, but he does not have a weak arm. Um, and, you know, it, it was a pretty needed pickup in my opinion. You know, people were kind of freaking out because um, that was around the time that Devin Leary committed <laughs> to uh, Kentucky. But it was, look, picking up Hank Brown had nothing to do with the transfer portal quarterback situation for Auburn. Auburn will still go out and get a transfer portal quarterback. I will guarantee you that much. And Hank Brown has nothing to do with that. Um, you just you need to take a scholarship high school quarterback every single year. And Kiwan Jenkins is going to come in as a preferred walk-on. So you've got Kiwan Jenkins as a preferred walk-on. Hank Brown is your high school scholarship guy. And then you will certainly see a portal guy pop up here within probably the next couple of weeks. Christian, so with with the uh, discussion, the discourse there around the quarterback p- position with with transfer quarterbacks, um, we have a, we're obviously fairly early in bowl season, and uh, there could be a lot of quarterbacks, I guess, still playing in their bowl games. Do you foresee a second wave of quarterback transfers coming, and and could that be um, something that Auburn looks into here in the future? Yes, absolutely. I think there will be multiple more waves. Uh, after the bowl games, we'll probably end up being your second wave. I know there's a couple of guys Auburn has their eyes on um, in terms of currently playing, haven't entered the portal, but there's some rumblings those guys might maybe move up from the G5 level to the P5 level. I'm not going to say any names, but you, know, you can do with that information what you want. Um, Auburn's looking at those guys. And then I would, you know, Auburn wants to get in, get a guy in for the spring. But you need to keep in mind there's going to be that window that opens up after spring practice as well. Um, And so you're going to see guys that might lose starting jobs. Maybe you look at like Georgia, for example, or another school like that that has a pretty loaded quarterback room. And, you know, maybe the third string guy at Georgia could really compete uh, for Auburn's starting jobs. So, you know, we'll see. There's going to be multiple waves. I think Auburn's going to try and get in on this second wave, though. Um, and try and get someone after bowl season once a couple more guys enter the portal. Christian Clemente of Auburn 247 joining us on the phone lines. The two transfers we've seen so far, Elijah McAllister, obviously from Vanderbilt today, and Rivaldo Fairweather, the tight end, those two seem to be really, really strong coming in for Auburn with when it comes to experience, ability, and leadership and the impact they'll make on the field. What's your breakdown of those two guys coming in through the transfer portal? Yeah, I'll start with Fairweather. Um, I mean, look, Auburn's still in it with some wide receivers out of the portal and Dylan Johnson at running back, but Auburn's lacking playmakers on offense. Um, certainly, I would say so in the tight end room. 
you know, you return um, Luke Deal and Tyler Fromm and Brandon Frazier, um, but none of those guys were really playmakers. They're more blocking tight ends. Uh, Mike O'Reilly Ducker will be going into his second year, but he's a little bit unknown. You get Landon King back. That's another kind of addition through the portal that could be a playmaker. But Rivaldo Fairweather is a playmaker for this offense. Um, he's a mismatch at tight ends. He's very athletic. Look, I really, really like his game, and so does Auburn. Um, Auburn knew about him before he was going to go into the portal. It was the first school to offer. The first college game he ever played um, was against Liberty and Hugh Freeze. So he had familiarity. This was a pretty pretty cut-and-dry deal where Auburn got him pretty quickly, got him on campus, and you know now he's committed, and he should be a big piece of the offense next year. In terms of Elijah McAllister, I mean, I like his game as a defensive end, kind of a pass rusher that can move inside a little bit as well. Pretty big, physical. Um, he's had solid production at Vanderbilt. This is a really high-character kid that you're getting in the program, though. He was a team captain for Vanderbilt. Obviously, if you're at Vanderbilt, you're probably really smart, and he is extremely smart. I think he's planning to get a Ph.D. while he's at Auburn now. Um, and, look, he was team captain there. He already has a foundation um, for, I believe, his hometown back in New Jersey, I want to say, um, a nonprofit foundation back there. So this is a really high-character kid that you want in your program that you know, bolsters the defensive line where you desperately need that help. Christian, so of the commits that, that via the portal and via high school and how, wherever else that, that Hugh Freeze has been able to pick up since he's taken over the job, which one for you kind of moves the needle the most? Like, Which one do you expect to, whether it be immediate impact or over the course of their career, to be uh, somebody that Auburn fans look back on and is like, that was a Hugh Freeze's first really big pickup? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go high school guys, and I'm going to go with Connor Liu. Um, that was a big boy recruiting win for Hugh Freeze um, in Auburn and Jake Thornton and Joe Bernardi, Kendall Simmons, all of those guys. Um, you know, flashing back to before he committed in the summer, it was Auburn, Miami, Clemson, and Georgia as the final four. You know, that's a that's a big boy recruiting battle that Auburn has not won a lot of recently. Um, and you know, he ends up. It looked like he was going to commit to Auburn. He ends up committing to Miami which was a pretty tough blow. Um, Auburn staffers, mainly Joe Bernardi and Kendall Simmons, stayed on him. And now with the new staff and Bernardi and Simmons being retained, they get him back on campus. He ends up committing. You know, a big part of that is because Auburn can offer him that aviation program. Um, he wants to be a pilot. He's an extremely smart kid, 4.3 high school GPA. But, look, he wanted to be at Auburn, and the previous staff he just didn't feel confident uh, committing to. But, you know, Auburn's able to get him back on campus quickly flip him from Miami. Um, he's arguably the number one center in the country. He's number one or number two, probably. He's a guy who can start right away at center or guard next year, and Auburn would feel very comfortable doing that. So as of the guys that they've gotten right now, I would probably go with Connor Liu. I think that was – it maybe might have gone under the radar a little bit because offensive linemen sometimes do that. It's not necessarily the flashiest pickup, although I think Auburn fans are very excited to see offensive linemen committing now, mm-hmm. but I would probably go with Connor Liu. Speaking with Christian Clemente of Auburn 247, joining us on the phone lines. Of course, tomorrow, uh, I'm sure you'll get to sleep in, maybe go for a run and hang out in your couch and not do a whole lot with it being signing day. No, well, no, you'll be absolutely swamped tomorrow. It's a huge day for Auburn. It's a huge day across college football. We know that it's now signing day. It's not even early signing day anymore with 80 to 85% of guys signing on that early signing day. 
what are the expectations? What can Auburn fans expect for signing day to look like tomorrow for this Hugh Freeze staff? Yeah, I think you can expect a lot of fun tomorrow. Um, it's you know you've already um, had a pretty successful start. I wouldn't even say pretty successful. You've had a very successful start to the Hugh Freeze recruiting era. Are you saying it's going to be Auburn. more? It's going to be more fun than the last like two or three signing days for Auburn. Uh, yes. Well, first off, there's no way it could be worse than the February signing day because Auburn will actually sign players tomorrow. Oh, uh, oh dang. Got but, him. But but look, it, it's going to be fun um, high school-wise. Look, transfer portal-wise, it's really hard to tell. These guys can sign. Um, if they want to play in spring practice, they can sign like all the way until like January 16th. So we know Rivaldo Fairweather and Elijah McAllister are going to sign tomorrow. Outside of that, we don't know kind of who else. You know, some of these other guys. Uh, like uh, Dylan Wade, the Tulsa offensive tackle, plans to make his decision soon. It could come tomorrow, but we just don't really know. But focusing on the high school guys, look, you're still in it with some really, really talented guys. Tony Mitchell, the Alabama commit. Um, Keldrick Falk, the Florida State commit. The two five-stars out of Montgomery, James Smith and Quay Russa. K.N. Lee, although he's planning uh, to not announce his decision until I think December 27th. Tyler Scott, who's only a three-star cornerback, but every school in the country wants him. USC, Alabama, Texas. That's a big boy recruiting battle. Look, you've got, you've got some top targets on the board still. Um, it feels like Auburn has a good chance to flip and maybe one or two of these guys. And if you flip them, you feel really good about where Auburn finishes and takes the momentum into February in the next cycle. Um, I think Auburn is number 26 in our team recruiting rankings right now. Auburn has a chance to approach 15, which, you know, I know Auburn fans want a top 15. They want a top 10 class. That's just unrealistic to expect for Hugh Freeze and his staff to be able to do that this quickly. Um, But you see the foundation, you see the blueprint, and you see that Auburn can have success and be able to pull that off next year. Because honestly, what they're doing right now is kind of a miracle. Um, You know, I I wasn't sure if Auburn would be able to pull off this class and solve it and make it as good as it is. And, yeah, Auburn's done that. So, Christian, what what is best case scenario for for tomorrow with with this signing class? Uh, well, best case would be that you get you know all of those guys that I just listed. You get Tony Mitchell, the flip from Alabama. He'll be announcing at nine thirty Central. You get Keldrick Falk to flip from Florida State. He'll be announcing at eleven Central. Uh, you pull off a miracle and you get the Carver Five Stars. They're announcing at one o'clock Central. Um, so if you get all those guys, I'm not going to mention Kay and Lee because we won't know his decision until later. But if you get all four of those guys, that's definitely best case. I think realistic case, and if we are going to include Kay and Lee, is that you get two of those guys. You know, whether that be Tony Mitchell, Keldrick Falk, Kay and Lee, uh, maybe you split the Montgomery Five Stars. I know they want to play together, but you know James Smith was the only one that visited on Saturday. Maybe he says, "Look, Quay, like, good luck at Alabama," but I just. Auburn's just calling to me. Uh, maybe you know, maybe that happens. If yeah. you can get two of those guys, I think that would be an incredible finish for Auburn. And I think it's pretty realistic that they get two of those guys. I got you. So, Christian, I guess one one last question here. Since we've been talking to you, Zach Etheridge just tweeted out the eyeball emoji. Any idea uh, who who that could be about? Yeah, I would keep an eye on uh, Tony Mitchell, Kane Lee. Uh, Tyler Scott, you know, those are the three main targets still on the board. Uh, CJ Johnson as well, uh, safety out of Texas, but he's not going to announce until I think January. 
um, but he is going to sign tomorrow. So I would keep an eye on those guys. But Tony Mitchell is the one that's the real big attention getter there. Uh, he's a top 100 player, the number five safety in the class. He's been committed to Bama for a long time. I honestly don't know the last time I've been trying to figure it out. The last time Auburn flipped an Alabama commit in back-to-back classes, because you know you get Robert Woodard last year, and that was the first time it had happened since Stephen Roberts in 2014. I don't think anyone flipped from Alabama to Auburn in 2013, so you would have to go back before then, like 2012, 2011, if Auburn pulled it off in back-to-back classes. So, you know, we'll see there. I know there's some confidence in Auburn. Uh, there's some confidence in Texas A&M and Alabama as well. So we'll kind of see what happens with Tony Mitchell. Um, but look out for him, Kay and Lee, and C.J. Johnson, and uh, Tyler Scott as well. So, you know, Zach Etheridge and Coach Crime, those guys have been putting in work. Oh, Braden Marshall, too, the UCF cornerback commit. There Sorry, it is. all over the board here, but you've also got him as a potential option. I got you. Well, Christian, man, you are you are the best in the business, man. We uh, we appreciate your time. We know you're wrapped up. You got a lot going on today. You will have a very very long and busy day tomorrow. So get your sleep tonight, my friend. Let everybody know where they can keep up with all your great work as recruiting is hot right now. Yeah, so it'll all be over at AuburnUndercover.com. Uh, Auburn247.com gets you there as well. We're going to have the signing day HQ story up here in a couple of hours at five o'clock today, actually start getting the intel out early and that's going to be a free story with live updates and everything you need to know about when guys are signing and all that stuff tomorrow so we'll have all those live updates over there and then you can follow me on twitter at c clemente 247 well man we appreciate your time you do the best man we appreciate you we'll hopefully talk to you soon and if we don't before then uh, merry christmas all right yes sir merry christmas to you guys as well that is christian clemente of auburn 247 he joins us uh Every now and then, right? We try to get him in here a couple of times uh, yeah. over a month, and uh, we're glad we were able to get him on the phones. He normally is able to come in, give us an hour, right? But we understand why he may be a little busy today and tomorrow with signing day and, tr- and all the recruiting stuff going on. So Christian Clemente of Auburn 247. Guys, if you don't follow him already on Twitter, do so. If you don't read his stuff on Auburn 247, do so. I promise it is worth the time. It's worth the money. He does great work, and so does everybody over at Auburn 247. Let's get to our final break. We'll come back wrap up our number one phone lines are open we'd love to hear from you 334-321-1390 wrapping up our number one here on the tuesday edition of on the line when we come back you are on the line on espn 1067 online at espnau.com or on the espn 1067 app Wrapping up our number one here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goetz, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7. Big thank you to Christian Clemente, our good buddy from Auburn 247, joining us talking about all the guys that Auburn has already uh, got commits from in the high school ranks, talking to a couple transfer portal guys as well, and talking about the potential for tomorrow and what could be a really, really good signing day for Auburn. Carter, your thoughts about what Christian had to say? I mean, it's it's kind of how I felt. I mean, I mean, what, what Hugh Freeze has done in this short window of time is nothing short of amazing. Uh, it's impressive. I, I, I'm fascinated to see uh, what comes tomorrow. I feel like it's going to be a great day for Auburn. Uh, I, I just got a gut feeling, man, that I – oh, gosh, the blue turf and the Idaho potato bowl. Oh, uh, brutal. <laughs> but, but the 
that was a very ADD moment. Out of that me. was. We're, uh, we've got it on in the studio. San Jose State and Eastern Michigan in the first quarter of the yes. famous Idaho Potato Bowl. I firmly believe um, that I, I just have a gut feeling that tomorrow's going to go maybe a little better than people think. Um, don't really have any anything to base off. It's just a gut feeling right now. Well, my, my thoughts were, remember, and I said last week, I said, I think signing day is going to go one of two ways. I think Auburn's going to absolutely crush it, or Auburn's going to miss on just about everybody. And I don't, I don't think, think that, that one's going to happen. I don't think that's. I don't think that. I think Auburn's going to kill it tomorrow. I think. I don't think they're going to get I, everybody. I think that there is. You're either going to feel good, or you're going to feel amazing if you're an Auburn fan. Like holy cow, Hugh Freeze just put everybody on notice about what's going to happen in recruiting going forward. Which would take a lot to get to that point. Let's remind everybody. It would take a lot to get to that because of the names that are on the board, because the schools that are in play, and the very limited amount of time they've had to do all of this. But Christian was pretty confident in if that, you, and I'll, I'll buy stock in that for sure. If you land all these DBs, and if you land Keldrick Falk, and if you land the offensive, the junior college offensive linemen that were both committed to SEC schools, one of them, Number one offensive tackle in the country uh, in junior college, committed to to Ole Miss. Probably going to start on the Auburn offensive line next year. Uh, and then the wild card is, if you land, if you flip Tony Mitchell, if you somehow land the Carver kids, then you're talking about an Auburn class that that would be the most impressive effort by a staff I've ever seen. Do I think all that happens? No, no, I don't. But there is this just like gut feeling of optimism that I have right now, and I'm I'm waiting to see exactly what it what it turns into. Maybe there's some surprises on signing day. I don't know, but I tell you what, this is as good as I've felt about a staff in terms of their their recruiting, maybe ever at Auburn. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, there's potential for it to be really, really good tomorrow. At at least since Trooper Taylor was waving a towel on the sidelines. Wow, that's a that's a good reference. I like that. (laughs) (laughs) We got to get to a break. Hour number one is officially in the books. Phone lines are open for the entire second hour. Give us a call three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Hour number two coming up. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 106.7. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 106.7 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika, sports leader. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Hope you're all doing well, staying dry, staying warm. It is... Uh, It's just one of those days where you just want to sit inside and not do anything. But 
We have a job to do. We have a show Most to do. Marshmallows and drink some hot. Yeah, Christmas watch Christmas style. movies. Yeah, absolutely, man. What What's your favorite Christmas movie? I don't think I've ever asked you that. Uh yikes! I haven't thought about this at all. Wow. Um, I don't think I've ever caught you off guard know. like that I don't either. Know. I, yeah, I, I've gotten you a few times. <laughs> yeah, you have. You've um, gotten me a couple of times. I don't know. I just feel like I feel like you can't go wrong with just like Elf because it makes there you everybody go. feel good. It makes you everybody feel yeah, good. Yeah, that's know? a good one. Minus the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. The Santa Claus movies are my favorite. Wow, that is. I don't think that it's a that, hot take. that'd be on many people's yeah. number one list for, for for Christmas. Movies. But it, it is. That is my. Those are my go-to Christmas movies. But it is. It is one of those days outside where it's cold and it's nasty. It's rainy. You do just want to sit inside and bundle up and watch football, basketball, Christmas movies, whatever you want to watch. We don't. We don't hate here. As uh, the first hour is in the books here on this Tuesday edition of On the Line. That means hour number two is underway right here on ESPN 106.7. If you missed any of our number one be sure to go and catch up with the podcast you can find it wherever you get your podcast just search on the line or you can go to espnau.com click on the podcast center you'll find it commercial free right there right after the show we talked to christian clemente just got off the phone with him a few minutes ago from auburn 247 uh, he, he normally joins us in the studio but uh, he's a little busy so he was able to slip away and give us a few minutes talking all things auburn football recruiting as the tigers have picked up quite a few guys over the last couple of days obviously signing day tomorrow is a big one so we were able to get all of his thoughts on that so if you missed that interview i highly recommend you go catch up in the podcast after the show you won't want to miss it he's got some really really good things to say before tomorrow's signing day but here in hour number two phone lines are open the entire second hour we'd love to hear from you anything you have to say about the guys that are committing to auburn uh, the transfer portal guys that auburn has picked up the quarterback auburn picked up today anything on your mind that you would like to talk about basketball if you want to anything on your mind we'd love to hear from you 334-321-1390 is the number to put you through to us that number again 334-321-1390 and Carter, when you look at the guys that have committed over the past couple of days, uh, we talked a lot about and asked Christian about the two transfers, Elijah McAllister and Rivaldo Fairweather, the edge and the tight end. I just can't get over how big I think those two guys are for this Auburn team. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, that this, um, this the additions that have been made are players that will play immediately, that will have an impact, they're at positions of need. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what is what is next uh, for this Auburn program because look, Auburn's not done, not by a long shot. I mean, how how many commits are there right now? When you look at it, there are uh, sixteen sixteen commits plus two transfer portal guys, and then two transfers. Okay, that's eighteen. You remember the the numbers that we were throwing around at one point? Forty forty five. It's probably probably going to be closer to thirty five to forty. But Auburn's halfway home in terms of adding players to this roster. This is not done, not by a long shot. Right, and Christian Clemente said it it has potential to be a really fun day for Auburn tomorrow, for Auburn, uh, the, the coaching staff, Auburn fans, Auburn players. It has a chance to be a really, really fun day tomorrow on signing day. Do you want to you want a fun um, nugget right here yeah. as we start hour number two? Hufrey's been on the job for what? A month, maybe? Not, no, not, not even, even a month. month. Like three weeks? Yeah. Well, according to 247, Auburn is 26th in the team rankings. 
Do you know where Ole Miss is? Oh, boy. 33. Hugh Freeze has had the job for three weeks, and he's doing. A, he's already whooping Lane Kiffin on the trail. Lane Kiffin is hemorrhaging recruits right now. I'm not sure if you've noticed that. Their four-star quarterback decommitted and flipped to Texas A&M last night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And their four-star offensive tackle decommitted. Probably going to sign with Auburn tomorrow. So... Look at that. Yeah. Look at that. Hugh Freeze was hired officially. The school announced it on the 28th of November. It feels like vibes could not be lower in Oxford right now, and vibes could not be higher in Auburn right so now. So are you saying that Auburn may have made the right decision going with Hugh Freeze? But I think we all need to uh, send a Christmas card to Knox Kiffin for, for allowing us to... Uh, go with the much better fallback plan of Hugh Freeze than, than Lane Kiffin. Yeah. Also, like, also, I do think that there is a little bit of the, you know, the the old like burn the boats thing, burn mm-hmm. the bridges, and everything. Yeah. I think I think Lane Kiffin did that at Ole Miss, and then somehow he rebuilt the bridge, and he went back, and that bridge is rickety as all get out. He got him a pay and, raise. I I could give a crap about what he got for himself. I'm just saying maybe that was his plan all along. Also, like I don't think vibes are great in Oxford in the athletic department on on staff and the football program. I don't think anything feels that great over there. And I think that the biggest mistake he ever made was almost going to Auburn to allow his his family to talk him back into Ole Miss because I think you're already seeing the cracks show. And I think it's only going to get worse at Ole Miss and it's only going to get better at Auburn. Well, it seems like Auburn... It's a real problem. Yeah, well, it seems like... I mean, and it's early, right? It's early. But it seems like Auburn has done pretty well with the Hugh Freeze hire when it comes to recruiting, right? We've seen Auburn. They've got 16 commits. They've got two guys out of the portal. The potential for tomorrow on signing day is extremely high and again is Auburn going to get every single guy on their board no and if they do then it would be the biggest swing in in recruiting history I don't think it'll happen but I do think Auburn has a chance to land a lot of the guys that they are are looking at and if they could if they could find a way to swing some of these guys including the Carver kids, if they're able to pull one, which Christian's confident that they might be able to do that. Well, he said two of the list of how many? Four. Yeah, I mean, what what were they? They were Falk, Tony Mitchell. James Smith and Quay Russell. I feel good about getting two of the four. I'm not sure. If you're asking me right now, I'm not sure the two most confident on that list are. The, are, are I think the Carver kids are third and fourth on my confidence meter of those four. I would say. Really? Yeah, I just... I. Do you think they go together, or do you think they split? I do think they, they, they go together. I, I just don't see it happening here um, in this cycle with Auburn right now. Um, I'm not closing the door on it, because you and I have talked about it. These kids have visited Auburn so many daggum times. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. like... And I've I've made the joke when we have not been on the air. It it has felt like they have just been begging Auburn, 
to get a coach that they actually want to play for, that they actually can play for. Because Brian Harson was not that. That wants them. Well, well, I, Brian Harson wanted them. He wanted them. But I don't think they wanted Brian Harson. Fair. And I think that, that because all the comments, even when when after the firing, was like, well, Auburn, Auburn needs to get somebody in there. Auburn needs to get somebody in there. And they kept coming to Auburn. They kept coming. They kept coming back. I, it feels like maybe they were trying to keep the door open for Auburn as long as possible. That's why I'm not willing to shut the door on them. But vibes do seem very high in Tuscaloosa to land those two. Um. I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with the other two. Yeah, I'm with you. And again, I think that Auburn tomorrow signing day is going to be fun. I just and it and compared to what we have seen from Auburn over the last what three signing days, tomorrow should be something that Auburn fans don't even recognize in recent history because of what it looked like the last season under Gus Malzahn and the last two or the first year and a half under Brian Harson. Signing day can be really, really big for Auburn tomorrow. You look at some of the top targets that Auburn could be going after or, and are going after. James Smith, Quay Russell, the two guys from Carver. You have Bo Hughley. You have Terrence Love. Obviously, we know has Auburn right. And you've got uh, you got Nation. You have Colton Hood. And, and those guys and Hank Brown, again, the quarterback. I mean, what There have been six flips to Auburn mm-hmm. at this point in time. I think, I think six. I and think. you're going to get... I I think personally two more tomorrow. I'm thinking two, two. Uh, well, actually, okay. I'll say because because I'm I'm going to consider the junior college offensive tackles that have decommitted from South Carolina and Ole Miss. I'm going to consider those flips because they were committed forever and then they they flipped and all the momentum is on Auburn's side. It seems. I'm gonna say Auburn picks up three flips tomorrow. Okay, chance to get four. Again, potential is extremely high. Tomorrow, actually, that's man. not true. Auburn's going to get four, maybe 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 more than that. Could be. Let's look at the guys that Auburn is. Every time you ask me, I'm just going to go up. That's okay. Eventually, you're going to say Auburn's getting everybody. <laughs> Auburn's going it to land them all. It feels that way, though, sometimes. But I think Auburn's going to land a big chunk of them. And that's what I was saying, that I think it was either going to go really poor or really good for Auburn on signing day. I was saying that last week. I still believe that. I still believe that tomorrow is going to be a good day unless things just hit the fan and everybody decides to flip on Auburn and not do what they've been saying or what people think they're going to do, which is possible. Okay, you're dealing with high school kids, dealing with their futures. You want them to make the decision that they want to make. Unless something crazy happens tomorrow, I think Auburn's in a really, really good spot for signing day but you look at some of the guys that Auburn has already picked up of course we've seen a couple of them in the last few days you have the transfers with Elijah McAllister transferring from Vanderbilt who was a captain on the defense over there uh you and I are both just all about this kid and Christian was as well we're all about Elijah McAllister coming from Vanderbilt to Auburn for what he brings on and probably off the field as well yeah I I I think that this Again, there needs to be a culture shift because, ironically, as much as Brian Harson preached culture, I think the culture was about as bad as we've ever seen at Auburn. And we know this for a fact because Cadillac Williams had to sit on a Zoom call and apologize to the parents of the players because kids were, were skipping class. And that was allowed to go 
to to happen under mm-hmm. Brian Harson. That's how you know. And this is going back to, I mean, I could I could do two hours on this every day. Brian Harson's a fraud. Brian Harson's a fraud. The culture is jacked up, and Hugh Freeze is having to reestablish it. And some of these guys he's bringing in, I think, will fix the culture. Elijah McAllister might be number one on that list in terms of fixing the culture. Of guys, at least of guys that have committed so far, maybe one out of all of the guys that are going to commit to Auburn between now and February, really, because you've got transfer portal guys who can commit through January, mid-January, somewhere in there. And then, of course, you still have the technical signing day in February, which has become the late signing day. So Auburn could still pick up a couple of guys uh, from the portal, which we expect them to do. We also expect Auburn maybe to pick up one or two down the stretch in February. But I think Elijah McAllister from Vanderbilt is extremely talented. I think he is uh, just extremely gifted athletically, 6'6", 260. Uh, Again, he was a captain on an SEC team. Now, I know it's Vanderbilt. I get that. And you don't have to tell me, well, it's just Vanderbilt. But it's Vanderbilt. You've got to be smart to go there. You've got to be gifted to go there. And to be a captain on an SEC team, on an SEC defense, you've got to be something special. And that's not just given out anywhere. That's not just given to anybody. And you see what Vanderbilt did. They started winning SEC games this year, people. Not saying Vanderbilt's going to start winning the SEC, but Vanderbilt is at least changing themselves a little bit and you've got to give some credit to a guy like Elijah McAllister yeah he's a captain and a leader on the team that uh is starting to change the culture from rather than being uh the laughing stock of the conference a bunch of misfit losers in this conference into a team that can uh pull off some wins and and that's a credit to Clark Lee as well oh no doubt uh who I think is a very good coach who played at Vanderbilt and I mm-hmm. think is trying to reestablish the culture there. Um, and I'm happy for him. I I'm happy too. for him because I think that he's starting to do that. And I think it absolutely will bleed into the players, which is why adding a guy like Elijah McAllister. And look, he, he even said in his, in his announcement, uh, I mean, let me pull it up because it's, it's his announcement references – the fact that it's time to basically change the culture. And he it's talked time about playing, to get back to yes. playing that brand of Auburn football we all know and love. Yep. Committed, hashtag War Eagle. There you go. That's it right there. It's a guy that knows what it takes to walk into a program that is not where it needs to be, and he knows how to change a mindset of not just himself, but I'm sure all of the guys around him as well. So I'm excited. This is a guy that has his own foundation. Apparently, Christian was telling us he's going to get his PhD while he's at Auburn. Are you serious? This guy's going to be playing college football and getting his doctorate. Who in the world does that? Yeah. That's insane. But good for him. Not many people could do that. I'm excited about him. I'm also excited about Rivaldo Fairweather, the other transfer that Auburn has, the tight end, because we know and and think that Auburn will continue to use tight ends to their advantage. We've seen some really good ones. We know Rivaldo Fairweather is extremely good. He's 6'5", 210. I mean, he's going to be your 50-50 guy down in the red zone, down on the goal line. This could be your guy, your go-to, if you need a touchdown in the red zone, a spot where Auburn 
Hasn't had a guy like that in a really long time, I feel like. Seth Williams may be the last one that was your go-up-and-get-it type of guy in the end zone. But Look, I mean, I'll be honest with you. Seth Williams, there's no excuse that he should have not been a first-round draft pick. He he never – I don't think he lived up to the expectation. I don't think he – I don't think I don't think we've – and I think it's a culture issue in the Malzahn years. I don't think the, I don't think the effort was put in – to be what he could be. And I think you're going to see that under this Hugh Freeze roster. Could be. But I think Rivaldo Fairweather's a guy that would, and he will, and he'll be that Landon dude. King. Landon, and Landon King, King as well, who's coming Fairweather, back. Camden Brown. I think you're going to see certain positions, guys already on the team and guys coming in, elevate because of the culture. I'm with you. 334-321-1390. Any of your thoughts on the guys that have committed so far? Auburn picks up a high school quarterback recruit. Auburn picks up a couple of transfer guys. We'd love to hear from you and your thoughts on all things Auburn football recruiting as signing day is tomorrow. 334-321-1390. More of the Tuesday edition of On the Line when we come back. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Question of the day here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 1067. Still talking the Auburn football recruiting as signing day quickly approaches tomorrow. Carter, question of the day. We've talked a lot about the guys that have already committed and a lot of the guys that could commit tomorrow and sign tomorrow with Auburn, but what is the importance of tomorrow's signing day under Hugh Freeze in year one? Why is this one so important? Why are we talking about it so much? Well, because we're setting a tone here. That's that's what this staff's doing. Because things have been so abysmally bad. Abysmally last, bad, I like it. The last three cycles under Brian Harson for two and Gus Malzahn for one. And honestly, the back end of the Gus Malzahn tenure uh, in recruiting, I would argue it was propped up on, uh, you know how they, what what's the... You have uh, empty calories is is what they talk about when you're eating food. There were empty stars uh, in the Gus Malzahn classes in the back half of his tenure. It, they look really great on paper. They look really great in a, in a recruiting rankings, but not a lot of translation onto the field. Uh, and then look, the roster was in a really bad spot, and you're seeing Hugh Freeze being like, okay, here is the state of this roster. This roster was not where even I thought it was when I came in. We're going to rebuild this, and we're going to set a tone because this staff has put in so much work in a short amount of time, it's been nothing short of impressive. I am, I am very optimistic of what this is going to look like in 2024, 2025, and on. Because if they do damage in this class in a three, four-week period, imagine what they're going to do in a complete cycle. Imagine what they're going to do when they start to build these relationships up. You're talking about a guy who I believe can take Auburn football recruiting to a height that we've maybe never seen. I think that's what is so important about this first signing day for Hugh Freeze and company. Because... 
we know what it's been for a while now. It's been bad. Recruiting has been bad for Auburn football for a while. And Hugh Freeze and staff have already come in and made a huge impact. I think you've already seen it with the guys that have committed. I think you've already seen it with the guys that have committed from high school and the transfer portal. I think you're going to see it tomorrow on signing day when you get a lot of big names that Auburn's been going after. Maybe even a couple that Auburn is going after but didn't even expect to get fully. I think tomorrow could be a really, really big day for Hugh Freeze and company and Auburn football. And here's why that's important. Yes, it's important because you want to get the best players so you can win games on the field in 2023 and compete because we know there's a lot of position groups that needed to be filled. We know that. But, but I think this is important to show to the world, to the country, to the SEC, and to everybody in college football that Auburn can recruit again. Because Auburn's got the money. Auburn's got the alignment. Auburn's got the facilities. Auburn can recruit and be successful in football and compete in national championships. It takes recruits. It takes good players and it takes good coaches. I think Auburn has good coaches. We obviously have to see what they do on the field with Auburn on their chest. But tomorrow is about showing the world that Auburn can actually recruit again with the big boys and not just do it one year because, like you said, think about what they'll do in an entire cycle, which is what sets up to be an exciting 2024. Absolutely. Absolutely. And look, this is – if you're able to go land kids in this cycle, if you're able to go win battles against Alabama, against FSU – against Tennessee, against all these schools that that are either big names or trending up, or they're just Alabama. Um, yeah. If you're able to go win some of those, those matchups right now, imagine what you can do once you start building this program. Because the, the, the foundation, the concrete's being poured. It's not even set in Hugh Freeze's program. Wait until they start winning games. Exactly. If you go eight and four, if you go nine and three, man, next year could be huge. The potential and the ceiling is sky high. We've been saying it. It's sky high. They've got to deliver. They have to deliver in recruiting. They have to deliver in practice. And they have to deliver on the field in games. We know that because there were a lot of people, myself included, that bought into Brian Harson when he was hired. We didn't see anything like this recruiting wise, but we were told that things were going to change and that things were going to happen, it obviously didn't happen because they didn't follow through. So far, Hugh Freeze seems to be following through, which builds up for a big tomorrow and signing day, and it builds up for a big 2024 and beyond. They've got to deliver, they've got to perform, and they've got to win. We'll see what happens. 30 more minutes here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. We'll talk some Auburn basketball when we come back here on ESPN 106.7. Jacob Goetz 
and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Tuesday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob, go with Carter Bird with you on ESPN 1067. Phone lines are still open. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. Anything on your mind in the sports world, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Before we get into uh, Auburn basketball, before we came on the air, I had the SEC Network on in here, and they were showing the uh, Mike Leach memorial service, yes. and it was it was it was really really good. They had a ton of speakers, oh, um, a lot, a lot, a ton. Sure. And the, I didn't get to listen to a ton of it uh, with work and obviously coming on the air and stuff like that. But the two that I did hear were Bob Stoops and Lincoln Riley, and those two guys had some incredible things to say about him and some really good stories about Mike Leach. It was um, those two guys were really entertaining yeah. to listen to. I didn't get to hear a, a ton of anybody else, but those two guys had a lot to say about him. Yeah, I mean, uh, the. Mike Leach is somebody who is a true legend in the game of football, uh, will always be re- remembered for what he, he gave to the game, and his impact will always be felt, uh, true national treasure. Um, unbelievable, unbelievable uh, personality that that I feel like everybody had a Mike Leach story. Yeah. I mean, I, I talked about this on the uh, drive last week. Chris Long. Who you know played in the NFL forever? Uh, the closest he got to actually talking to Mike Leach in person was, I think, his senior year bowl game. He he uh, lost to Mike Leach's team, uh, maybe Texas Tech back back in the day. Um, but when he was on the Rams, he talked about he's like Danny Amendola and I were really good friends. We'd go to music festivals in the off season and they would at like two in the morning call up Mike Leach and just talk to him on the phone for like an hour. Wow. Just like, and he's like, it was some of the most fun conversations I've ever had with anybody on the phone. It was memorable. It was so, so funny and enjoyable. And yeah, I mean, that's just who Mike Leach is. Like he, there's people that he may never, ever meet that, um, he impacted meet in person that he he impacted. Yeah, I mean there was there. There's another story where like Lincoln Riley was was doing work in Mike Leach's office uh, when they were at Oklahoma together, and somebody calls uh, on the phone. He's like, "Oh, like wh- where are you calling from?" And Mike Leach talks to this person for 30 minutes, and then Lincoln Riley like tunes out, not paying attention. And uh, he tunes back in when he hears, like, did I lose you? Like, can you hear me? And then he says, Mike Leach folded the phone to hang up, flipped it back open, redialed the number, and said, hey, sorry about my, my, my reception in my office here, like, and kept talking for another 30 minutes. At the end of the phone call, <laughs> you had Lincoln Riley ask him to say, Coach, who was that? And Mike Leach goes, oh, it was the uh, wrong number. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> That is that is that's Mike Leach, and that's who he was. And Lincoln Riley told a story today uh, in the like I said, the little bit of the memorial service I caught. They were out doing a recruiting trip together, and they were on they were in the car together. Mike Leach was driving, and Mike Leach got a phone call, and he showed Lincoln Riley who it was. It was Matthew McConaughey after they won a game, and he called Mike Leach, and they started talking on the phone. And Mike Leach was driving, obviously not paying attention to anything in the world besides 
who he was talking to and threw his blinker on to go to the right and change lanes and there's a massive truck over there and Lincoln Riley was like there's no way he does this right sure enough he just whipped it right over there (laughs) and sent the truck flying like off the road and then the truck came back later started flipping them off and stuff calling them all kinds of names Mike Leach had no idea just oh, absolutely no idea. So it's just those types of stories. I'm sure, I, think, I mean, there are thousands and thousands of people that could tell those types of stories about Michael. Uh, I think Greg Sankey at the service uh, had a statement where he said, I learned pretty quickly that you can never schedule a, you could never schedule a 15 minute phone call with Mike Leach because from, from the stories that I've heard, a short phone call with Mike Leach is an hour. A I believe short it. one. I believe it. And so, yeah, I mean, it's 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 always uh, fun to to it's it's bittersweet because we we lost a national treasure, but it's also fun to listen to these stories um, because it feels like more than anybody in sports that I feel like has passed away here recently. Mike Leach has more just outlandish and hilarious stories Mm -hmm. that people have to tell than about anybody I've ever heard. Right. Well, again, I wanted to mention that because I got to hear a little bit of it today. Hopefully, uh, some of you were able to go and and watch it or listen to it. Uh, If if not, I'm sure you can find it somewhere. There were some really good stories from some really uh, big-name people that were close to Mike Leach. So, again, I wanted to mention that because I just thought it was was really special to, to listen to some of that today. But let's get into some Auburn basketball. We didn't get a chance to talk a whole lot about it yesterday Uh, I don't think we'll have a whole lot of time to talk about it tomorrow with signing day being as big as it will be tomorrow so let's talk a little bit about Auburn basketball because they're still out west Uh, they lost to USC 74-71 on Sunday they play Washington tomorrow they have already made it out to Spokane and it's actually snowing out there did you see the pictures and videos of the basketball team messing around in the snow I did not see the pictures of that. I did see Justin Ferguson posting pictures of like a dense, low, like snowy fog. Over is he Seattle. out there? I think he is. Good for him. Good for him. I was wondering how many Auburn I think, people I, I, were actually going to go. I think it was go. pictures of, of his flight coming in because it, it looked like it gotcha. was elevated over the city. Yeah. And, well, we were wondering how many of like Auburn media fans in, in general would make the and trip. I, and I told you that, that I thought – Ferg would be we one thought of the ones Ferg would that, be one that would go. Yeah, well, good for him. But yes, it is snowing out there in Washington right now, and it seemed like the team was enjoying themselves uh, messing oh, around yeah. outside. Ole Miss is clinging to, or they're, they're actually, UNA is up one on Ole Miss with about five and a half minutes left. North Alabama, baby. That's right. UNA wow. and Texas. The Lions. A, the Lions. The, what, what, what's the Lions' name? Leo. Leo and Una. Una. Stupidest name ever. You're just salty, man. You're <laughs> salty, and that's okay. That is okay. So, yes, A&M lost earlier, by the way, to Wofford. A- Texas A&M lost, and uh, seems like some of their fans are already ready to move on to baseball season. Uh, but uh, talking about Auburn, right, they lose to USC on Sunday. They've got Washington tomorrow. Uh, Auburn favored to win. Uh, they're predicted a 55% chance to win, according to ESPN's matchup predictor. What are your thoughts about this Auburn team as a whole and on this West Coast trip so far? Look, you've lost two out of your last three. Um, I guess on paper, your vibe should not be great, but I feel like you figured a lot out. I feel like you figured a lot out at USC. Um, I feel like it is trending in a positive direction in terms of finding a true identity. You're playing a team that, according to Kim Palm, uh, you have a 67% chance to win, uh, and, and the projected margin is 
which is pretty close to the 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 team rankings metric that mm-hmm. has Auburn winning seventy one and a half to sixty seven point one. Um, but yes, I think that this is a game you should win if you carry over what you learned at USC. This is a great opportunity to get a really strong road victory. Which is what? What'd they learn in your mind? They they learned that Trey Donaldson needs to be more active. Uh, he needs to get more minutes. Scream that from the rooftops, please. Because I will. And then uh, Jani Broom learned just, I think, I think it finally clicked what it's going to take from him physically to be competitive against big schools, against in the SEC, against Washington, um, against big-name opponents. And I thought he held his own. I thought he played probably his – like, he still turned the ball over, what, four times? But I thought he played his best game. I thought he played his best game so far of his Auburn career against USC because there have been games that he's played already where the stat line looks – um, it looks solid. It looks good. But when you watch the game, there's just not a physicality there. Giving up a lot of rebounds, a lot of a lot of looks in the paint. Uh, and Auburn was getting dominated in the paint in several games. Getting dominated on the boards too. But in this one against USC, Auburn actually out rebounds USC by 13. Auburn does not have more points in the paint, but but like that's the starting signs that Auburn's starting to figure out just how physical it needs to be in conference play. Well, Trey Donaldson needs to be playing. That's that I have been saying that for days and weeks now that Trey Donaldson needs to play. It'll be interesting to see what Wendell Green's health is like tomorrow. Uh, obviously, he injured himself in the Georgia State game. He traveled out to the West Coast. He played 12 minutes in the USC game, where then Trey Donaldson came in and played a lot of cleanup for him. Uh, But Trey Donaldson needs to be playing. I think Borderline needs to be starting for this Auburn basketball team. I'm with you. This Yes, Auburn lost, but it seemed like it wasn't a terrible loss with how the officiating was, with how the turnovers were, how everything was against them being on the road, and yet they only lost by three to a USC team that I think will probably be dancing in March. I think they'll probably be playing in the NCAA tournament. So, yes, Auburn lost, but I'm with you. I think there may be some things where they're like, okay, maybe we figured a couple of things out. Something that Jack and I talked a lot about on after the game is working through the high post, working inside out on offense, which is something I've talked about for a while, which is bring Jani Broom, Yoan Treor, Jalen Williams, those guys, bring them up to the high post, even off the high screen if they have to do it. Give them the basketball somewhere on the free throw line and let them command the offense that way. Because what that does, I've talked about this, when the ball goes inside, the defense is taught to collapse. They're going to do that, which opens up guys on the outside, which opens up a backdoor cut, which opens up things for you to make extra passes. And when the ball is moving, who else is moving? The defense. And when the defense moves, what happens? You create lanes, you create holes, and you create scoring opportunities. That's what Auburn needs to do. They did it a little bit against USC, and it seemed to work. 
I think that's a way to keep Jani Broom playing really well. I think it's a way to get Yoan Treor more comfortable with the basketball in his hands and get command of the offense. And I think it gives you a really good chance to score some points and run some offense without it just being one or two guys touching the basketball and taking a tough shot and everybody else standing around and watching. So I think that's what has to happen offensively and not turn the ball over 23 times on the road because you're going to lose when you do that. I don't care how good you're shooting. If you turn it over 23 times on the road, you're going to lose that nine times out of 10. So Auburn's got to find a way to take care of the basketball. And I think a guy like Trey Donaldson can do that. Maybe there's some shift in the lineup a little bit with Wendell Green, Zeb Jasper, Trey Donaldson at the guard spot. And then with guys underneath them, maybe that as well. But I think Auburn wins tomorrow if they play well. But I do think this is a game where if Auburn has 20-plus turnovers again and 25 fouls and they have two guys foul out, you could see Auburn lose again tomorrow if they're not careful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that Auburn's going to be a shortish favorite in this game, uh, but I believe Auburn has the ability to, to go on the road, get a road win. I think they fought through a lot of adversity um, on Sunday, and I think that they have a chance – to build on that. I think that the, the fact that they showed that much fight is truly something that uh, is encouraging as I look forward, as I look to what takes place next with you come back. Uh, I believe there's... Florida. Is it Florida? Is Florida the next game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I thought for sure there was somebody in between those two, but um, yeah, I mean... You play Florida, Georgia, Arkansas. Yes, and I and look, the the schedule, the SEC schedule is basically here. It's here. Yeah, I mean, with that, with that, really, the Memphis game, you're basically starting conference play. You you had the brief respite with Georgia State. You got that win. Then you're on the road at USC. Then you're on the road at Washington. I think it's good to kind of get that get those those kind of games out there for this team before it really ramps up mm-hmm. well the um, level of competition is stepped up yeah it just and happens. it's it's time to show how much you've grown show to show progress because it gets real on on december 28th yeah it does with florida if again that's another team their resume is not great they have three or four losses right now does florida but that's a team that if they come in and play their game and they play bully basketball down low against Jani Broom, Castleton will go off for 30 and Florida's going to win that game in Neville Arena if Auburn doesn't figure out a way to defend him and score the basketball. You play at Georgia, should be a win, but Georgia just got a big win over Notre Dame. Who knows how they want to play and how they will be playing inside their own arena. Then you come home and you play an extremely talented Arkansas team who may be they are as talented possibly more talented than you with who they've got playing for them right now so Auburn you're right Carter they're in it I mean they Mm -hmm. are in the thick of it right now when it comes to it's time to figure it out because SEC play is not going to get any easier luckily January is the easier month for this Auburn team when you look at the schedule of SEC play I think January is significantly easier than February and early March But still, the SEC is not easy. We've seen how this league has taken many, many steps in the right direction. Just to test you right here, 
Who has the best record right now overall in the SEC? Nobody's played a conference game yet, but who has the best overall Mississippi record? Mississippi State. They do. Undefeated. 11 still. and 0. Yeah. Good, good for them. Yeah. Auburn good plays them. them early in January, so keep that in mind as well. I, I do wonder what I'm I'm curious. I'm over the break. I'm going to look up uh what where their their schedule ranks in Kim Pum's uh schedule ranking because we saw we saw undefeated Missouri. <laughs> yeah, that's a little um, bit of a different story. I kind think. of. Uh, it's a little bit of a different story there, as they are now ten and one. Yes, but that uh, they haven't gotten to the thick of it, have they, Missouri? No, no, no. I didn't not. think so. I didn't think so. I, I, I think over the next like week and a half, they 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 play. Yeah, here we go. They go their next three games: Illinois, Kentucky, Arkansas. Loss, loss, loss. They they did beat UCF that we said could be a loss. They, they beat them 68-66. So. Hey, win to win. Yeah. Win to win. We'll get to a break. We'll come back, wrap up some more basketball talk in the second hour of the Tuesday edition of On the Line. Phone lines are still open if you want to join us here at the end. 334-321-1390. We'll wrap up the show here on the other side. You are on the line. On ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Wrapping up the Tuesday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 1067. If you missed any of today's show, be sure to go and find the podcast. You can find it wherever you get your podcast. Just search On the Line, or you can find it at ESPNAU.com. Click on the podcast center. It'll be commercial-free right there. We talked to Christian Clemente at hour number one about all things recruiting with Auburn football, the guys that have already committed, a couple of transfer portal guys as well. Uh, We also talked to him about what tomorrow could look like for Auburn on signing day and the potential and the uh, ceiling, if you will, for what Auburn can do in signing tomorrow so big conversation with him it was a lot of fun he had a lot of great insight so if you missed any of that or anything else from today's show be sure to go and catch up with the podcast 334-321-1390 is the number to get you through to us we got a couple of minutes so uh carter we were talking a little basketball and looking at uh looking at Auburn, looking at the SEC, we were looking at mississippi state they may be undefeated they may be number 15 in the country but their best win is marquette's which is a solid win. Marquette's a good team. I we, know. We just had a whole conversation. I know, but that's the only team they've oh, beaten. Oh, man. It's they, the only team they've and beaten. And Utah. Okay. Utah's got a 15-point win against Arizona. Okay. I, I, I'm so confused because you were, you, were, you were talking up the fact that this Marquette team is good. I like Marquette, and I didn't know they were as now, good as they now, were. My, my knock against uh, this Mississippi State schedule is... They're only eight spots ahead of Missouri in strength of schedule, according to Kim Baum, right? Hey-o. Which is 337th. They're which only, only factors in the schedule they've played so far, yes. I would assume. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. No, no, no. I mean, if you haven't played. Right. You, like, yes, they have, coming up, they have a run that is Alabama, uh, Tennessee, Ole Miss. Uh, then they get, a, they get a little bit of a break. Then it's Auburn, Tennessee, Florida, Alabama. I mean, and then they have another run in there that's Arkansas, Kentucky, at Ole Miss. Um, State schedule's tough. They have a tough SEC okay. schedule. It's okay. Theirs is almost flipped of Auburn. Their January is tough, and then their February, early March is kind of easier if you look at it. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll agree with that. Um, I I think that 
Arkansas has got, as I'm looking through it right now, Arkansas has got a tough schedule, kind of like Auburn does. Uh, so does Alabama. All, the SEC did an interesting thing where they tried to basically, it looks like, stack the back of everybody's schedules, or the back of the good team's schedules to be hard. Like mm-hmm. the late season games, I think they want those to mean something. Well, we know Auburn finishes at Kentucky, at Alabama, home for Tennessee. How so, about, I mean, I mean, there, there's a run here for Kentucky to finish the season where they go Arkansas at home, or they go Florida at home, Arkansas at home, uh, at Georgia, at State, then Tennessee at home, Florida on the road, Auburn at home, Vanderbilt at home, then Arkansas away. I mean, that's a pretty tough stretch. You you get a couple respites with Georgia and Vanderbilt, and that's about it. That's about it. The SEC is going to be good. Auburn plays Washington tomorrow. Tune in tomorrow. All things National Signing Day here on On the Line. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.